Welcome to The Slice, your bite-sized segments to inform and inspire. This is the powerful way to start your day. I'm Megan Morass, I own a cultural PR agency, and in my spare time, I love to write poems and short stories. And I'm Tara Scott, I used to run fashion label Tara Starla, and now I help brands grow through community-led marketing. You can follow us on Instagram at The Slice Podcast and please get in touch on Twitter too at The Slice underscore tweet. Hi guys, so today's episode is all about public speaking and um, Megan and I are going to do our best to give you some useful advice and share some of our personal experiences so that you can become more confident in all aspects of public speaking. So to start things off, we were going to kick off with some inspirational quotes. Now, I'm all about positive self-talk and being able to like get yourself in the zone mentally for yourself uh, when, whenever you need to do something that is challenging. And um, if, you're, if you haven't got the words yourself, inspirational quotes are a great place to start mm. for um, you know, finding those tools. Mm. So the first one is is from Brené Brown and it goes in order to have a connection we have to allow ourselves to be seen oh for me this is like the why for public speaking and so if you're you know in that moment of like why on earth have I signed up to do this why am I doing this that's the why yeah you know every time you step up in front of a group whether it's say a wedding speech or something in your career you are allowing yourself to be seen yeah and that is going to open up so many more opportunities for you whether it's making friends or professionally I also think that's an amazing quote just in general in terms of if you don't tell someone they won't know so even with the idea of public speaking often you have these grandiose images images in your head of a TED talk or you know doing a pitch to a hundred people or Steve Jobs (laughs) for example but actually public speaking can be having a conversation that's challenging with members of the public which could very well be your family you know it could be just a difficult conversation that you need to bring up and that's still that quote really helps with that yeah actually like having your experience and emotions seen and heard yeah yeah and then they're realized they're real they're not just in your head yeah and next one which is also from Brené is lean into the discomfort Mm. And oh my god, I love doing that. Yeah, that's kind of like if the other one is the why, then this is the kind of how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. If you feel awful about it, do it anyway. Yeah, and it reminds me of a few um other quotes that I like to live by. Uh one which is what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And so much. I can't really remember where I first heard that, but it's uh something that I have been um drawing on a lot recently because I think it's just really important that we don't let our fears hold us back totally and that we don't um make decisions based on fear as well do you know what that is something that I should write somewhere so I can see it every day I do feel like if if what would I do if I wasn't afraid first of all I would have written a book by now maybe even three You could do so much. Oh my goodness, okay, I'm going to write that somewhere. That's important. Yeah, and then the next one is, which is similar, is feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's very similar to the lean into the discomfort. Yeah. It's not saying that you should not feel uncomfortable Mm. or not feel afraid. Mm -hmm. It's just like 
you know, feel that yeah. and still have the courage mm -hmm. to overcome it. I, I, something I do like to do as well, which I find myself doing a lot, is explaining to young children mm. that courage is not about not being afraid. Yeah. Courage is about doing things even though you are afraid. Yes, totally. And um, uh, that Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway is actually a book by Susan Jeffers. Oh, I've never heard of Susan Jeffers. It's um, a book that my mum read. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually read it, but my mum would always, always reference it. Oh, and it's, well, you it's actually, read it. I know, I really should. It's actually a really <laughs> small, short book as well. Okay, In fact, Susan I might get it Jeffers. next. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Let's read that. So that um, leads us quite nicely into our next segment, which is our book club. Yay! Which also, I believe, is featuring some Brené Brown. Yes, if you guys haven't heard of Brené Brown, just go and research her right now. She's an absolutely epic human. She calls herself a researcher storyteller, which is obviously quite a unique definition for a job, but she's done a huge amount of research into, I suppose, human stories would be the way to describe it. She's researched hundreds and hundreds of people around the idea of shame, around the idea of self-worth, and that's given her an amazing viewpoint on how to overcome those things. And she's written an amazing book called Dare to Lead. And if you're in a position at work where potentially you're managing a few people, or you want to move into an area where you are managing some people, which will absolutely contain some kind of public speaking or pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, I cannot recommend this book enough. You will come out from reading this book and you will wholeheartedly believe in yourself. Amazing. And that really is fundamental to just any kind of public speaking anyway, just having the confidence that you can do it. Another amazing book is by Simon Sinek, who is a really interesting guy. I went to see him speak in the city um, maybe like two years ago. By the city, I mean like, you know, the banking sector of London, which is just suited and booted, and I felt totally uncomfortable and not like I should be there. Anyway, I went with my co-founder, Ella, and he was giving a talk around his book called Start With Why, which I've made loads of the managers at work read. And I always give it to them and they're like, oh, start with why, God, that sounds so dull, Meg. <laughs> but it's such an interesting book because it, it gets you thinking about how people process what you say to them. And if you give them a why, then they get it straight away. Oh my God. I, my um, uh, friend Pip, actually, I was about to like think about how I'm going to talk about her but she was on our last she was on our last episode and we used to work together and uh we did this like personality test mm. I'll have to find the details so we can talk about it in a future episode right but it was like um talking about that there are these different personality types mm. and I was a why person which meant that I had to understand the why about everything I couldn't get behind anything yeah if I didn't understand why yeah and you know what, you're not alone because the majority of the millennial and particularly the Generation Z generation mm. are really focused on purpose. Yeah, that's and, why mission. We're, and mission. And that's why we're seeing all of these brand advertising, marketing strategies, they're all pulling on our heartstrings left, right and centre, which is having a quite a negative effect on our mental health. But that's another topic. We can come <laughs> on to that another time. Hashtag guilt. Hashtag guilt. Um, <clears throat> but they've recognised that. And so the why is becoming so important as an employer, as a leader, as a manager, just as a almost a, maybe an older sibling. All these things. Anyway, this book is amazing. 
go read it. Simon Sinek, Start With Why. We'll put it in the show notes. And then the final one, which is an amazing book, but it came out quite a long time ago, is by Sheryl Sandberg. It's called Lean In. I'm sure most of you have heard about it. It was kind of the first women in work book, um, I suppose. That's a huge generalisation, but it was one of the first ones where it was kind of like, you've got to lean in to get to the next stage and this is how you do it. It's slightly outdated now. I think it came out in 2009, but it is an essential read. I would definitely say read it, especially if you're working in quite a um, hierarchical or corporate environment. It's really interesting and quite useful to get your confidence up and see your worth, certainly as a woman within that environment. Amazing. And what when they say lean in, what's that? What are we leaning into? The discomfort. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, and that's why it has so much um, interesting feedback because obviously there is a lot of discourse at the moment about how you know, as a woman, just be a fucking woman, mm. and you know the the um, business icons and heroes that we've had previously they're starting to change now but quite often they have imitated masculine understood attributes or mm. you know they've adapted to themselves to fit within a particular workplace mm. and that's why this book caused so much controversy because she really dances on that line of you should lean in you shouldn't lean in it's just really interesting you should read it i will i will thank you for those <laughs> recommendations um so next i wanted to share with the listeners uh a story of uh, something I've done recently with regards to overcoming the challenge of public speaking. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I say overcoming, it's more just like uh, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I've quite, like, you know, nailed it. But um, certainly I used to be a really confident public speaker. And mm. I don't know if that was just, like, uh, naivety or um, uh, delusional or whatever. No, but I just would always kind of... Uh, you know, I grew up on the stage a lot, I, yeah. and so I, I w- wasn't afraid of having an audience. Yeah, and so I think that was ma- the main thing because that's really what gets in people's way is oh, that yeah. fear of like an audience. Yeah, and judgment. Um, yeah, and so I, I had always been very confident, but uh, at the end of last year, I had to give a speech at my sister's wedding party, mm-hmm. uh, and I was really, really nervous about it. And I've got a lot of personal baggage from my childhood about being rejected by family, mm-hmm. and so I think because it was a family event, I, I had, which is funny because you'd think it would be the other way around. I had this real fear of it going wrong yeah. and me being rejected. Mm. And um, I sometimes feel like family events can actually be the worst because in a way you care about their judgment more than anyone else on the planet. Oh, and if they took their love away, yeah, that's like, whereas like if some strangers took their love away, it's like, okay, RIP. Yeah, yeah, give a shit, bye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's more to lose, I guess. There's yeah. more at stake, yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I also had the responsibility of reading my sister's mum's speech which she wasn't in the country. Yeah, so I had that printed out and was like guarding it with my life. And then I had written my speech, which was printed out on two sheets of paper Mm -hmm. and um, got up on the stage and, you know, read the the first one, the mother of the bride's speech, and then went on to mine and then went to turn the second page and the half my speech was missing. I only had one out of the two pages. My God. 
You had to I have love your me. fake surprise because you were I definitely know, I'm there. Pre- I'm like, I'm <laughs> pretending for you guys, like being it, but actually I was there and it was a, it was a crisis point. I would say that there was, um, yeah, there was a stress, stressful period of time on the stage. Anyway, <laughs> I also then like, I mean, I was, I had drunk too much. It all went downhill from there. Basically, <laughs> I will spare the listener the rest of the story. But um, I mean, I think I basically salvaged it. You but did. my, it, it, basically that, that moment yeah. was a turning point for me. And since then, I have had real fear around public speaking, including yeah. at work. And um, usually something that I'm very comfortable and confident with. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, this weekend, I had to do another kind of maid of honor speech <laughs> at my best friend's wedding. And um, again, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to do it and I knew that I would regret not doing it. Yeah, it's important But I was so full of fear. Mm. And I was sharing the honour with um, the bride's, uh, one of the bride's other best friends, mm-hmm. uh, who is a really brilliant, articulate, eloquent, confident public speaker. And um, just she's just wonderful. And she had written a really gorgeous speech. And, and you're like... Uh, I was like, oh shit. (laughs) Did not help with like my confidence crisis and everything. But um, the the overcoming moment Mm -hmm. happened when at that point of kind of crisis where I was thinking, oh my God, what have I signed myself up for? Mm -hmm. I was able to give myself a real serious pep talk Mm -hmm. and um, I had to go like, okay, Tara, hold on a second okay, what can you do? Who are you? I had to come back to the foundation. Okay, who am I? What am I? What is our friendship? What does that look like? And basically just go into like a really authentic place Mm. of like, okay, she's done a gorgeous speech and she's brilliant and she's articulate and she's all those wonderful things and good for her. Oh my God, hallelujah, praise be, clap, clap, clap. Yeah. Can't wait to watch and support her yeah. deliver a beautiful speech. Yeah. And then, okay, but who am I? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, you know, I, what makes me unique? Yeah. And I'm very proud to embrace, you know, trying to be a bit different or trying to be a bit funny and like, that's what mine and Rose's relationship is like. We're both like total goofballs and we love to goof <laughs> out together and like we have like all these fond memories of our teens. So anyway, I somehow had this brainwave uh, to rewrite the lyrics of So Solid's 21 Seconds. Oh my fucking God. Um, you have to do a verse. No, 100%. I'm not doing that on Oh my season, God, no. what? I had to rewrite the, the lyrics big to... Uh, um, so... 21 seconds to go became we we met 21 years ago and <laughs> oh my god you know and we really grew up in like london north london in the late 90s early noughties when it was all about garage music so it was just completely appropriate 21 seconds ah 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 go on <laughs> <laughs> no i can't no you might have to tune into like an instagram live or something okay. to <laughs> sign up here <laughs> but um yeah, my uh, and and do you know what? Even through that, then I was like so confident mm. with the idea because I knew it was good. I knew that Rose would love it. Like, yes, yes, yes. Um, then I still started freaking out because mm. I realised, okay, I've had a, a good idea. I've done the writing. I'm good, confident, like kind of lyric writer. Yeah. And I was really comfortable and confident with 
everything. And I was like, I'm still going to have to deliver it. How the hell am I going to do that? Because I still have all this, like, performance anxiety. Mm. Um, And so for me, uh, what I did is I had to call on one of my girlfriends who is a bit more of a confident singer for the hashtag Lisa Mafia bits. (laughs) And, um, you know, who we really share those fond memories and those stories together. So it made sense for her to be there with me doing it as well. But, um, yeah, so, like, with regards to how I overcame that um, and some kind of takeaways for the listeners Mm. would be, like, if you're ever doubting yourself or comparing yourself, like, just go back to the source, like, go back to what you are, who you are, what makes you unique, what makes you proud to be you, and celebrate those things. Yeah. Because no one else is going to do you better than you. Yes. And you can't do anyone else better than them. Yes, big time. It's, I mean, Oscar Wilde's famous quote. Uh, hold on, my mind's just gone. Was <laughs> <laughs> it Oscar Wilde? Um, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Yes. And then second one, you know, if you need moral support and backup, ask for it. Yeah. You know, if I hadn't had the moral support next to me of my other girlfriend, like, so that we could do it together, I don't think I could have done it on my own. Yeah. And then the last one, like, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like, actually, I got up there and I was, like, wobbly and I was, like, swearing on the uh, the mic. Yeah. And, and, you know, let... Especially in that kind of situation, like a wedding where everyone... It's a really supportive crowd. Mm. Like, let them know that you care... And yeah. you're and you're worried, or or you know, tell people I'm not a confident public speaker. Yeah. This is my first time. Yeah, people will get behind you. Oh my god, yeah. Look at the X Factor rule. Hello, yeah. who yeah. do you care about the most? Who do you want to win the most? Yeah, the one that's shown you the most vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess what I wanted to ask you, Megan, mm-hmm. because obviously you do so much public speaking and to uh, arguably much less supportive audiences. <laughs> yeah, fair. I would say that. <laughs> um, what kind of... Uh, and you've had coaching, I know, for public mm-hmm. speaking as well. What tips and kind of like uh, public speaking life hacks okay. can you give for our listeners and for me? Oh, you don't need them. I do. <laughs> um, well, I think the kind of public speaking you've been talking about is quite... Um, personal and I think the showing vulnerabilities and going back to your source is so important for those environments when you move into a work environment there are some things that you can do that are a bit more I suppose formulaic that will just make you come across way more confident and it will also give you a bit more confidence Mm. so the first one I think it's really important to say that when you get stage fright, so when your throat closes up, when you sweat, all that kind of stuff. Shaking. That's totally dry normal. Because you're an animal and you, uh, we are conditioned or we have evolved to care about what other people think. Like the human brain gives a shit about what other people think. And if you don't, then good on you. But you are alone. (laughs) Um, So first things first, yeah, remember everyone else is in the same boat. So you're in a flight or fight situation, your brain's telling you to either fight or flight. Often you turn around and you think, fuck this, I'm not going to do it again. The third F. The third F. (laughs) Fight or flight or fuck Fuck this. (laughs) Um, But if you decide to fight, there's a few things you can do to kind of trick your brain to say, I don't care about the judgment of these other people, I'm just going to get on with it. So the first thing to overcome is your throat and your voice. There's a really good technique you can do to this, but you need to purchase a straw. 
Now, obviously, don't have any plastic straws here with us right now, otherwise I would demonstrate, but you get a straw. Does it work with a reusable straw? It does. Straw? Okay, good. Do you have one? No. Okay, great. Thanks Not for bringing that. Um, <laughs> so if you get a straw, and what you need to do is blow through it as hard as you can and go up a whole octave. So I will demonstrate for you. Okay. You can do it at home with a straw. So you do that through a straw. It's not recommended that you do this on the... <laughs> Don't do it on, on the podium. The <laughs> this is, do this, I would advise doing this about 15 minutes before, and I'd do it for two or three minutes. Wow. When you do it through a straw, you'll find that halfway through your octave, between the low notes and the high notes, your voice will break, and that's the part of your throat that's going to close up when you're nervous. So if you keep going through that part, pushing through that break, you'll find that your throat won't close up. So that's the first one. <clears throat> the second thing is, you know I love a power pose. Yeah. The, make sure you do a power pose before, but make sure you stretch in the power pose. So you need to open up your lungs. Yeah, so and if, your diaphragm. And your diaphragm, exactly. When you learn how to sing, as Tara, I'm sure, stage native knows, they teach yeah. you to sing from your stomach yeah. and your diaphragm. And it's the same thing when you're doing public speaking. You need to open up your lungs and breathe completely into your stomach. Mm. So when you're breathing in, your entire... This is also a uh, like anti-stress breathing as well. Yes. So that will be really good for nerves in general, as exactly. well as like the practical speaking side of it. Exactly. It's really good for nerves. It'll stop you sweating so much. So make sure your power pose is almost like a superwoman pose with your hands up in the air. So you've stretched your lungs. And then you take two or three really big deep breaths through your nose, in through your nose, where your stomach expands, and then out through your mouth. So you do that two or three times. So straw, power pose with a breath. The next thing, which I cannot actually communicate more, is preparation. My father-in-law and many other people on the planet says... Perfect planning prevents piss poor performance. That is completely and utterly true. I think it was Benjamin Franklin, not that I want to quote Benjamin Franklin, but who said that preparation is the key to success. Yeah, and it's like that one um, uh, fail to prepare and prepare to fail. Oh, that is the quote I was looking for. <laughs> um, so preparation is really key. And it's not just preparation in terms of what you're going to say, but it's preparation in terms of how you're going to look, how you're going to move around the stage. The worst thing you can do when you go and see someone speak is if they're not visually entertaining you. And mm -hmm. you'll notice when you watch a TED talk that if they're a really good speaker, they're moving around the stage mm -hmm. and they're taking that audience with them they're taking that audience on a story. Mm. So preparation is really key. And I would say, do it to yourself in the mirror, get your friend to listen to you, like rewrite it, rewrite it. I, If I'm doing like a big keynote or something that is maybe half an hour, an hour long, I'll do it maybe five, 10 times. Steve Jobs, I think, was said that he prepared the big Apple speeches. He'd spend hundreds of hours, months in advance, wow. preparing for those speeches. And just, you know, no one gets on the stage if they're really fucking good and it just comes out like that. Mm. It does not happen. Like a musician 
Rehearses. Thank you. Rehearses and rehearses and rehearses. The reason for doing that is because familiarity tricks mm. your brain. Your brain's only going to go into that fight or flight mode if it feels like it's in a new place, a new environment where it feels threatened. If you've done it a hundred times, you've seen where you're going to do it, it thinks it's normal. It's absolutely yeah. fine. So that's really key. Um, the other thing that I think is really good to do is pace. So yeah. obviously when you're delivering a speech of any kind, if you get nervous, you speak quicker. Yeah. And you tend to fall over your sentences. So you will not put in your grammar. There'll be no commas, no full stops, and you'll just be like... And a speech that was meant to take 15 minutes, you'll finish in three and a half. So a really good way of overcoming that, I'd have to stop myself standing up to demonstrate right now, but is to... Um, mark the full stops in your speech with a physical movement. The one that I like to do is to roll on the balls of my feet from my heels to my toe every full stop. So I've got a nice little physical movement and then I go into the next sentence. Oh, that's a proper little life hack that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's useful. You know, I'm not saying that when you do a speech you need to know it word for word, but for example, the podcast, The Slice, we have segments. So in between each segment, a pause, a move of your feet, and then we carry on. Yeah. It's just a really nice way of keeping the flow. That's it, I think. Useful? So useful. I'm yeah. like, I wish I had a public speaking opportunity to try them out. And Thanks, then you I'm will. really grateful that I don't. <laughs> no, lean into the failure. Lean into the failure. What am I on about? <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> That's probably, you know, just as valid because for a lot of people, it's the fear of failure and the fear it's of true. messing it up. It is true. Um, so, yeah. Okay, guys. Well, remember that for the rest of your day. If you are on your way to work and you've got a meeting and you're too nervous to speak up, you know, try doing a power stance in the bathroom before you go in. Take your deep breaths and feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes as it helps others find us. Please stay in touch. We would really, really like to hear from you. You can get me on Instagram under Megan Morass, which is M-E-G-A-N-M-O-R-F-A-S-S, or on Twitter, Tiny But Mighty. And I am at Tara Starlet on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to connect with the podcast, we would love your feedback. You can find us on Instagram at The Slice Podcast or on Twitter at The Slice underscore tweet. <laughs>